everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Tuesday. It's August 2nd. It is 2022. We have 14 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. A little bit of everything. Great pitching, good hitting spots, good weather, um, all kinds of good stuff. So joined today by my buddy Eyes819, Keith Eister. What's happening, my friend? And not too much. Uh, a little too much John Gray for me on Monday night. So looking to bounce back today. We've got the trade deadline coming up today. So definitely keep an eye on the the news throughout the day. See what, what breaks. Um, no Juan Soto movement as of yet as we record this. So definitely going to be keeping an eye on, on Twitter as we're going through and seeing if anything breaks. Looks like the Cardinals just landed uh, Jose Quintana. Was the latest one I saw that went down. It is. It's a busy time of the year. Um, if you, I'll say this, right? I don't ever encourage anyone not to play DFS, but if you can't be by your computer up until lock, and I mean, really, if you can't be up to up at your computer for, or like able to access your lineups from seven to like 10 Eastern, probably shouldn't play today. Um, yeah, the trade deadline ends before lock, but that doesn't mean anything. There's going to be people scratch from lineups. Um, so it's a tough day, you know, DFS wise. But I mean, this slate is, it's, like I said, it has a little of everything. So it's kind of a fun slate. So might have to make, make the commitment today and just be like, hey, yo, <laughs> playing. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, let's break it down. We get started here with, the Brewers and Pirates. Seven and a half total in this game. Milwaukee is a 260 favorite. We got Burns against Wilson. I mean, right here, right off the bat, Corbin Burns against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Fire him up. Uh, I mean, this is, he's probably the top pitcher on the slate. Yep, absolutely. Awesome matchup for him. Good, gets a nice little uh, pitcher's park going into, into Pittsburgh. And the Pirates offense just doesn't offer much resistance. Um, 32% K rate, the best pitcher on the slate. Like you said, we, we start this off right away with an excellent pitcher. And I, I think these Milwaukee bats are in a great spot too. So kind of indicative of, of the slate, as you mentioned, where we've got some elite pitching and some bats in really good spots too, which which will make it a fun slate. Yeah, fun slate for sure. Um, and like I said, Corbin Burns, 10-1. Getting Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, this is just one of those spots I'm I'm not going to overthink it, and I'm just going to play him. On the other side, though, <laughs> Bryce Wilson's 5,400. He's not a very good pitcher, low strikeout rate type of guy. I mean, this is an easy stay away for me. Yep, I agree. He's walking too many guys, doesn't strike anyone out. Um, I like the Brewers' bats quite a bit here. All right, let's talk about those Brewers' bats. Uh, what do you like here for Milwaukee? Bryce Wilson has been absolutely torched by lefties this year. So Rowdy Telez is one of my favorite hitters on the slate. Christian Yelich in a great spot as well. That price is still in the mid fours on, on both of them. Um, great spots for them. Colton Wong is 3,900. So I'm, I'm really going to be having a ton of those three lefties. I'll full stack them as well, adding in a couple of righties like McCutcheon has a decent price. Um, depending on who catches, uh, both of them are cheap, Caratini and Narvaez, but Definitely going to be stacking up Milwaukee. Wilson doesn't have great control, has been just crushed by lefties this year. So I'll be stacking up Milwaukee quite a bit, even though the ballpark isn't great. 
it, it does play better for left-handed power. I'll, I'll note that. So that, I mean, that just kind of fits with, with what Wilson has been given up this year. Milwaukee's one of my favorite stacks on the slate. Yeah. You mentioned that three man right off the bat. And those are the three guys that I was going to mention. I'll mention Navarez as well at 2,700 at catcher here. Um, listen, everyone knows Dean was, Dean was telling me like, Oh, you don't like home runs because I told him I didn't want to play Salvador Perez and Perez <laughs> hit a home run. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Trevino hit two. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> so, anyone that has ever listened to the podcast knows I like value catchers. So anybody under three K in a decent matchup like Navarez, he's always going to type types of guys like him are always going to make my player pool. So um, I have no interest in the Pittsburgh bats. You got anything here? Nope. Not, not chasing them against Burns. Seattle at New York facing the Yankees. This game has an eight and a half total. Yankees a one sixty five favorite. Gilbert against Tyon. Any interest here in Logan Gilbert? Tough matchup going into Yankee Stadium. Um, price tag is up there at ninety three hundred. He hasn't been striking out a ton of guys. I don't see any reason to do it. We've got Burns. We've got a couple of pitchers in the eight K range that have massive strikeout rates. Um, you've got Gaussman right there in the same range as him. I just don't need to mess with it today. Gilbert's a solid young pitcher. He's a guy that we'll talk about for years. Uh, he's just 9,300 in Yankee Stadium against the Yankees. Uh, I mean, he hasn't like shown that big ceiling. It's not like he's even been pitching bad. Like He's given up a couple runs his last few starts. He's still decently sh- like getting strikeouts. He just hasn't won a game um, in a while. And like that was kind of helping his upside. But I'm not playing Gilbert against the Yankees at 9,300. Jamison Tyon on the other side of this game, 8,500. I mean, Julio Rodriguez injured right now. Ty France super banged up. Those are two of the best hitters in this lineup. So actually have slight interest in playing Tyon here. And, I mean, this isn't an offense that I have picked on a lot this season. So, you know, it's the same kind of conversation that we had yesterday with Domingo Herman. Like he went out and he had a really solid outing. What did he go like five? I think he went five and he just didn't strike anybody out. But I mean, I think Tyon is he's playable. What are your thoughts? Eighty five hundred. Yeah, he's the problem is he's in the price range with um, with Strider and Javier, who just both have much more upside, in my opinion, because of their strikeout rates. Tyon is a, is a good pitcher, great control guy, good ground ball rate. And and the Seattle offense is watered down, like you mentioned. Great points all around. I just I worry about the upside here. You would need both Javier and Strider to fail. Um he's gonna be low owned, I think, because he's he's right there in the same price tier as those two guys. So I don't hate it for large field tournaments, but not not gonna be super high on my list. I I want to load up on the, the high strikeout guys. Yeah, I just don't know if he necessarily has the best strikeout stuff here. You know, this is a, a team that's patient. It And, you know, they were asking me about it on Grinders Live yesterday. And, like, I was like, man, Domingo Herman, decent, good spot. But the strikeout upside and, like, the walk rates worry me. And, like, Domingo Herman didn't get there and he was super popular. So um, I think I'm going to stay away from Tyon here. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to play the Seattle Bats. Um, I just don't know if Tyon pays this price tag off with the, the strikeouts. I mean... You maybe take a shot on like Winker in Yankee Stadium, that lefty um, power, or maybe even like a JP Crawford, but I'm not going too crazy here with Seattle. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Best two hitters. Well, Ty France has been out as well. We'll see if he's back in there. He is not officially on the IL yet, but with Julio Rodriguez out, it's just a little bit of a watered down Seattle lineup. Um, I do like the Winker call. He's really cheap. Um, like Cowrali has been really good this year, showing a ton of power. So he he sets up for a, a home run here. Prices come up a little bit on him. He's forty two hundred, but I think I would probably just be looking for a home run. Um, like I said, Tyon has good control and good ground balls, which helps him get the double plays to get out of jams and things like that. Not a guy I love to stack against, but I don't mind looking for a home run. Yankee side here, you know, we got the best hitter in baseball, Matt Carpenter going up against uh, Gilbert. Love this spot for him. Aaron Judge, he's pretty good too. I think he's at 43 home runs on the season now um, in 101 games. So he's just been absolutely crushing the ball. But what's nice here with the Yankees is Rizzo's 46, Ben Nintendi's 45. So, like, yeah, the top end of the stack is kind of expensive. I don't know if I full stack against Gilbert, but he does just he does give up a lot of hard contact. So I don't mind maybe doing like a three man Yankee stack here. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Um, not one of my favorite spots for them. I, Gilbert is a good pitcher. I just tough spot for him um, against this offense. Like the, th- the things Judge is doing are just out of this world. The the two weeks or whatever he's been on this tear are just unbelievable. Um, Got to keep playing him as long as he's hot. Love that price on Rizzo. Don't mind Ben Benintendi. He should be up either in the middle of the order or top of the order. But yeah, the stack the full stack I don't love just because Gilbert's pretty pretty solid and their the Seattle bullpen is pretty solid as well. Um, love the ballpark, but just a lot of respect for the Seattle staff. So I don't I don't mind the the mini that you mentioned. You can always play Judge, especially when he's on this tear. So probably just Judge one offs. Maybe maybe a couple three mans of the Yankees. Imagine not playing Matt Carpenter, the best in baseball. <laughs> what's what's crazy too is like it's a 14 game slate, and yeah, it's a tough spot, but the Yankees have the ceiling to win a slate. And if they're gonna be lower owned today, you know, that's it makes them even more viable uh, on a slate like this. So just throwing that out there as well. Mets at Washington taking on the Nationals, eight and a half total here. New York Mets a three hundred favorite in this game. Jacob DeGrom going up against Corey Abbott. DeGrom making his first start of the season. The GOAT, um, 67 pitches in his last rehab start. I would assume 75, 80 here. Um, I don't really see the need to to push him too much in his first start. What are your thoughts on Jacob DeGrom here? Just glad that Jacob DeGrom is going to be back on a major league mountain. He's one of my favorite guys to watch pitch. Um, just amazing stuff. Love what this, this guy does. So glad to see him getting back out there. I just, I, we're not getting a discount here at all. It, ten, his price is over 10,000 tough matchup against Washington who just doesn't strike out a ton with the limited pitch count. I just, I don't think he can match the ceiling of a guy like Burns. So as much as I want to play DeGrom, I think I'm going to wait one more start, let him let him get his feet wet, get back from the injury, and get that pitch count elevated a little bit. Um, on a different slate, I'd be totally fine with 80 Jacob DeGrom pitches, um, but we have a ton of upside on this slate, so I just he, he's not quite going to make the cut. Don't get me wrong. He could definitely go out there and go five or six innings and 80 pitches and strike out 10, so would, wouldn't argue against you if, you if you wanted to play him, but don't love the price tag not quite the matchup and and him not having his full leash is is limiting his upside today. Yeah. I mean, he's 10, three making his first start of the season. The Mets are 
very comfortable where they're at in the playoff race right now. Um, I mean, they're leading the NL East, but just the NL in general, they're very comfortable um, position to make the playoffs right now. I mean, anything can happen, but they are, I mean, they're, they're pushing for a playoff run, right? So like the last thing they want to do is get DeGrom hurt in his first start back here. He did make, I think, was it three or four starts um, in like his rehab starts. So like, he's not fully like fragile, it's just I don't see them pushing it too much here. So I'm going to pass on DeGrom at 10-3. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets like six or seven strikeouts and 80 pitches uh, because he is just so good. Corey Abbott on the other side of this game, it sounds like it's going to be like a bullpen type of game. Um, this guy is a one-to-two inning type of guy, and I haven't seen anything about him being like stretched out. So um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Corey Abbott? He did make a couple of starts in the minors. Um, the former Cubs prospect, they, the guy they claimed off of waivers from the Cubs, so I'm actually pretty familiar with him. He's really just got a, a the slider is his best pitch. Um, he struggles with lefties a lot, so I really like the Mets lefties here. He, but, yeah, I mean, four innings was his his, mo- his longest outing in the minors, so he's not going to go super deep here, um, and I'm not playing him against this, this very talented Mets team that doesn't strike out. Yeah, I remember actually reading that now. It was like four innings or something, and, like, yep. they just – they used like a bullpen session for him in that like one inning that he threw against St. Louis. So I don't think he sees more than like four or five innings here. Really tough matchup. I think this is an easy stay away spot. Uh, the Mets, I mean, I don't mind the Mets in this spot. They have a really good implied team total. They have some lefties in this lineup to kind of take advantage of Abbott. I mean, this is a, a strong lineup. They're just kind of pricey here. Yeah, priced up a little bit, but I, I do still like them, especially the lefties. Lindor's been on a tear here recently as well, homered again Monday night. Um, so I really like this spot for him. Uh, Nimmo at, at 4,900, I definitely like that. Um, McNeil at 4,000 is okay, and it, I assume that Vogelbach will be in there. Really like his price tag at 3,700. Um, so a couple of cheap bats to make it work. Um, I, I don't mind the righties either. It's not like Abbott is just – brutal against righties or anything he just he really struggles with lefties he doesn't have a change up he tries to mix in a curveball a little bit but it's a not a great pitch for him um so i think he he's really going to struggle here against the lefties in particular uh Marte and alonzo are, are priced up but certainly wouldn't argue against them either washington side i mean if juan soto is still in a washington lineup or uniform obviously you could take a shot on him but I mean, that's really – I don't want to play guys against DeGrom. Even even if DeGrom only gets 80 pitches, that's still potentially four to six innings that you're getting to face DeGrom, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, agree. Right there with you, and the Mets bullpen is really good too. So even if it's a short one for him. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just why well, do it on a 14-game slate. Toronto at Tampa Bay. Kevin Gaussman going up against Drew Rasmussen. Didn't have a line out for this. It's up now. It's seven, and the Blue Jays are a one forty five favorite. Gaussman's ninety five hundred. Any interest in him going up against Tampa here? I'm gonna keep chasing Gaussman. It's been a rough ride here recently, but I just I like him as a pitcher. Um, he was had a phenomenal start to this season. Was striking a ton of guys out. Was not walking anybody at all. But that that's went south in a hurry here. Um, I just I think there's still upside in there. Um, 
this Tampa Bay lineup is not something, some, not something I'm terribly afraid of. So I'll, like the price tag is, is fine at 9,500. I really like this matchup for him. That's why I'm going to take some shots, even though he's been a little bit inconsistent here. Are we concerned any about this ankle issue? I mean, ever since he's kind of come back from this ankle issue, like he just hasn't looked right. Um, yeah, he did have that one start against Boston where he was he was quite good. Um, I mean, it's really easy to be good when you're up like eighteen to one into the third inning or something like that. <laughs> yeah, true. That was the blowout. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> just say you could pitch yeah, a little I mean, differently when you're up by you know twenty runs. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely something off with Gaussman. Even before he got hit with that liner, he was kind of faltering and the, the strikeouts had come way down. The velocity was all over the place. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely been something off with him. Um, more risk than usual, I would say here. But I I don't know. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to play a little bit just because I believe that he's he's a really good pitcher and that he could figure it out between starts at any point. So I'll have some not a ton. I, I mean, he's going to be low owned because there's like four or five guys up in this range who are just in phenomenal spots today. His velocity has been fine even after coming back from the ankle. So I'm not overly concerned. I just, I don't know. It's weird. Like his velocity has gone up and his strikeouts have gone kind of down. So I don't know. Um, I like Gaussman here. Like all of that was just caution to the wind. Don't get me wrong. I like Gaussman in this spot. Tampa is a good strikeout matchup and this game's in Tampa. So it's a good pitcher's ballpark. Uh, so, I mean, I like Gaussman here. I just, you know, was saying um, little concern, that's all. But at 9,500, I have to have a little cautious, uh, you know, about what he's been doing recently. Drew Rasmussen, 7,200, going up against this team. This is an easy stay away spot for me. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't want to target Toronto. Um, just a very talented lineup. Rasmussen not, doesn't go super deep into games, and the strikeout rate isn't where we need it to be for this slate. Nah, I mean, Drew Rasmussen is a prospect, and we'll see where he's at maybe next year, year after. Um, I mean, he does have a great fastball, so that's always good, and he's been just lights out at home this season. But with all that said, like, it's still one of those spots where you're facing Toronto, um, so it's a tough ask. I don't love bats in this game. I mean, you could stack Toronto if you wanted to, I don't think I want to play Tampa against Gaussman. And I mean, some of these prices are kind of where they should be. And this game's in Tampa on a 14 game slate. Is there, is there anything I'm missing in this game, Keith? No, I don't think so. I don't have a ton of interest either. Um, I, I'm not picking on Gaussman. I, like I said, I believe in the talent there. The Toronto bats are, are priced up and the ballpark downgrade just really makes them a bit overpriced in my opinion, or right there where they should be. Um, I want to pay up for pitching, so it's going to be tough to fit in a full Toronto stack. Um, maybe look for a home run, but even even the ballpark kind of limits home runs as well. So it, it's it's a tough spot for Toronto um, at these prices. I, I don't think I'll have a ton. Yeah, I think this is a, a stay away spot for me, um, just in general. Like, even if I was going to one-off, I would one-off it, bats in better spots at the same price. Arizona at Cleveland, Zach Gullen going up against Tristan McKenzie in this one. Seven and a half total. The Guardians, a 135 favorite. Any interest here in Zach Gollin? 
I really like the price tag at 8K, but I don't love the matchup here. Cleveland is just a really heavy contact team. Um, 8K for Gallon, he could absolutely pay that off, though. Uh, six innings and six or seven strikeouts, I think, gets gets it done for 8,000. I don't know. I don't. I just don't think you need it on this slate. Um, you can spend a couple hundred more and get some really big strikeout guys that we're going to talk about in, in pretty good spots, too. So I like Gallon as a pitcher. Just I hate hate playing people against Cleveland because they're so heavy contact. Yeah, I mean, the the typical lineup that Cleveland rolls out there has three guys with strikeout rates over twenty percent against right hand pitching. I mean, Zach Gallen's a good pitcher. This is a tough matchup, so I think this is a spot we just stay away from. Tristan McKenzie on the other side of this game, ninety eight hundred. Even though Arizona moved Peralta, I don't feel like they're in sale mode. Um, I mean, they have a lot of young talent and a lot of t- talented young. Um, I know I said young twice, but a lot of talented young outfielders. So I think Peralta move was just, hey, we are in a position where we can move maybe a guy or two. I mean, they are. I think they're dead last in the division, but I don't think that we see like a watered down Arizona lineup. But I mean, if McKenzie does get a watered down lineup, this dude has plenty of strikeout abilities. Ninety eight hundred. What are your thoughts here on McKenzie? Yeah, the price is the the biggest problem for me. Um, I just I don't know that he has the big strikeout game often enough to want to pay that price tag when we've got other other guys on this slate. Um, I, I, he's playable here if if you do get a, a watered down Arizona lineup. I think there's going to be some more strikeouts in the Arizona lineup than typical because they're going to put some of those young guys. Like I know they called up Seth Beer, who had a, a big strikeout rate in the minors. So there might be a few extra strikeouts here in this Arizona lineup, um, but I don't know. I just ninety eight hundred is a lot to ask for for McKenzie. I think it's all going to depend on what lineup you see for Arizona, because at ninety eight hundred, you're really going to need to see some strikeouts in this lineup. And, and you know, Varsho, McCarthy, Beer, Kelly, Perdomo, like there is plenty of strikeouts that could potentially be in the lineup. You're just going to have to wait and see what the lineup looks like here. Um, any bats on the Arizona side that you like? Um, they're really cheap. Um, McKenzie does give up a ton of fly balls, so I think you can look for some some cheap home runs here. Um, yeah, I mean, Christian Walker is a guy that has a ton of power. Don't mind that for thirty five hundred. Varsho at thirty six hundred is is fine. Um. Not a stack that I love, but McKenzie can get, get a little bit wild. He gives up a ton of fly balls. Um, so probably just hunting home runs here more than I than I would want to stack it. Yeah, I would just look for some value bats. Like Alec Thomas is 3,200. Um, yeah, I love that call. Yep. Jake McCarthy is 2,700. Um, those guys would be guys that I'd be looking at. Because, I mean, McCarthy's been hitting fifth or sixth, and Alec Thomas has been hitting leadoff or second um, most of the season. So you're getting cheap bats. And McKenzie's a good pitcher, but like you said, he gives up fly balls. He gives up a ton of hard contact. So just kind of getting some of these cheap bats, you never know what's going to happen. So um, on the Cleveland side, eventually Jose Ramirez is going to show up and do something here. Um, <laughs> like every time I play this guy and he's been hitting the ball super well, um, super well, he's been hitting the ball. Well, what are your thoughts here on Cleveland? 
they're pretty cheap too, or they at least have some value bats to help you fit in guys like Jose Ramirez. Um, Fran Mil Reyes is a guy that I've played a ton this year just because he's been so cheap and just dude has monster power. He's 2,700. Um, Gallon's not typically a guy I like to pick on, but some of this pricing on Cleveland is, is pretty attractive. Josh Naylor at 3,900 looks really nice. Um, again, probably not a full stack spot, but I don't mind the three men of like Ramirez, Naylor, Nolan Jones is a guy with some power at 3,100, Fran Mill at 27. So more of a three-man spot for me. The other guy I want to mention is Jimenez. It seems like he's always someone that kind of goes a little lower owned um, in, in this offense, and he's someone that I don't mind in this spot. So just throwing his name out there as well. Not my favorite team today. I like Cleveland a lot on um, Monday's slate, but I think this is a spot where maybe one-offs – or using some cheap bats and getting like a three man. I love cheaper secondary stacks to kind of help, you know, fit in those top end stacks that you really just want to build your lineups around. So we got Philadelphia at Atlanta, eight total. The Braves, a 230 favorite here. This is a, looks like it's going to be an opener type of situation with um, Nelson and then Appel coming in. And then on the other side, you got Strider starting for Atlanta. I mean, we're not touching this Philadelphia situation, right? Like, it's a 14-game slate. We're not playing a long reliever here. No, definitely not. It It is awesome to see Appel back in the majors, though, or yeah. up in the majors finally. Uh, former first overall pick. It took him like eight years to get here or something like that. So just awesome story. Glad he, glad he finally got his shot. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not playing him. Yep. Astros, right? Yep, first overall by the Astros. Yeah, Astros. Um. But yeah, I've been a journeyman, so you know we'll see, see what kind of plays out. But just not a guy that has really worked out. We'll just say that. Um, on the opposite side, you got Spencer Strider, who has worked out. I mean, this guy has shown big time strikeout ability. I wouldn't say this is the toughest matchup in the world. Philadelphia is a good team, but I mean, this dude has a 15% swinging strike rate with a 37% K rate and he's 8,300. Um, I like the price a lot on Strider today, Keith. Uh, tell me, tell me something I, I, I should know about him. Not like getting some interest here. I mean, I think he's going to be extremely popular. Um, the one thing, the one negative thing is he did just face this Philly team. Um, went six innings and had six strikeouts. Uh, I don't love strikeout upside when guys face a team back to back. Um, but this is a different animal here with Strider. Like the the fastball is absolutely elite. He mixes in the slider and the change. Like the strikeout stuff is here, so I'm I'm not as concerned about it with him. And the price tag is is extremely attractive. He's probably a thousand dollars underpriced. Even if he goes out there and, and gives you what he did last time, that that's totally fine for for eighty three hundred. We've seen him on multiple occasions go out and strike out double digits. So absolutely love the upside here. Point per dollar, he's my favorite play on the slate. Yeah, I like him a lot. I mean, he's just too cheap. He put up twenty five against this team, like you said, a week ago, and he went down four hundred dollars. So yep. give me it again. Like just go <laughs> right back. Give me twenty five again. I will gladly take twenty five at eighty three hundred. Um, on my way to getting my 50 points for my pitchers. So Strider's in a great spot here. Um, any interest here in the Philly bats? No, I don't think so. Um, so pricey, Schwar- man. 
Yeah, they are. Schwarber is the one I would play, but he's he's fifty five hundred. I don't love that against Strider. Hoskins has a great price at forty one hundred, but really tough matchup against Strider. Um, I, so Schwarber's would definitely be the one I prefer. Uh, maybe maybe a cheap guy like Bryson Stock can hit you a home run, but I I won't have definitely not stacking them and and won't even try to one off them for homers much. And then on the Atlanta side, what do you think about the Austin Riley deal? 10, 10 years, two twelve. Um, listen, I, kudos to the Braves. I I really want the Red Sox to do this with Devers, man. Like I wish they would just lock up Devers for as much as they can. So, um, listen, Austin Riley. I mean, last year we were like, is this dude for real? He's got twenty nine home runs on the season. He's hitting three hundred. Like this dude's a legit hitter. Um, Awesome to see that, okay, it may be too early, but awesome to see they got like a Chipper jones S type of play here that they're going to have in Atlanta for a long time. Yeah, I mean, they've done an awesome job of just locking this core up for an extremely long time. They've got Albies under contract for seven or eight years, I want to say it is, and they've got Acuna under contract for, for about the same amount of time as well. Um, as somebody who just watched his Cubs team dismantle an outstanding young core that came up through the system. Um, the Braves are, are showing everybody how it's supposed to be done and how to extend that window a little bit. Like Riley extending him for 10 years at 25 years old is totally fine. It's it's when you give 30 year old free agents, the 10 year deals that you get into trouble, but this is only pushing him into his mid thirties. Like they're, they're just paying for his prime here. There's, there's nothing wrong with the deal. It's a, it's a great signing by the Braves. Yeah, Albies, I looked at this actually earlier, so like I can actually tell you, um, he signed a seven-year, $35 million deal in 2019. So wouldn't be shocked if like we see some... I mean, <laughs> if you're Atlanta, you're like, hey, man, uh, you signed it, but um, Acuna <laughs> signed through, I think, 2028 or something. So yeah, like the, the three guys right here not going anywhere anytime soon when it comes to Atlanta. They got a really, really strong core and didn't they sign they signed olsen for like seven or eight years like they did th- yep. those four guys are locked up in atlanta um for a while and like with the talented young pitchers that they have been producing in atlanta yeah. watch out man watch out and there's more coming too like the, they've got some arms in the minors too um swanson is the one that they don't have locked up so it'll be interesting to see he might be the odd man out but i'm not sure what they have behind him at shortstop in the minors but yeah g- great job by the braves they're going to be contenders for a long time for sure all right, let's talk Atlanta bats here. We got a young pitcher. I mean, somewhat young. Um, what are your thoughts when it comes to the Atlanta bats against? I'm not. I'm definitely not worried about like Nick Nelson. Um, he's not a a great pitcher. He's probably going to throw two innings. I'm. I don't think I'm worried about Mark Appel either. Like, you know, this dude was drafted number one overall because he like his slider was supposed to be like the next big thing and it just hasn't kind of panned out. Um, this dude was supposed to be in the majors in like 2016, 2017. So I don't know, man. I think Atlanta stack in Atlanta, hot, hot Atlanta, like hitting conditions, everything kind of points to liking the Braves here. Yeah, I, I like the Braves a ton. Um, they are expensive, so you got you got to pay for them. But Philly's bullpen is not good. I, Appel is not going to go very deep into this game. Um, he, I don't even think in the minors he was going deep. Uh, four so max, I need to I dig into that a little. Yeah. What's that? I think he goes four max. 
Yeah, yeah, and and Nelson probably only goes one or two, so you're getting at least like three or four innings out of out of the the rest of the Philly bullpen, and it's been really bad this season. So I do like this spot for for the Braves. I don't always love targeting bullpen games, but just Philly's bullpen and their struggles overall, um, plus the talent of the Atlanta offense, I do have a ton of interest in this spot. The only thing is the pricing. Um, like Ozuna is is cheap to help make it work a little bit, but everyone else is pretty much up there around 5k or a little bit over. So the pricing is tough, but I, I do love the spot for them. All right, moving on. We've got Detroit at Minnesota. Sounds like it's going to be Manning going up against Chris Archer. There's no total in this game because I mean, they confirmed it, but he hasn't even been called up yet. So um, we'll talk here. Matt Manning first, any interest in him going up against Minnesota here? No, he just hasn't been able to miss bats in, in the majors. Um, he, he was, was, and is a great prospect. Um, but the, the strikeout rate from the minors just has not translated to the bigs yet. So I need to see it. Um, Minnesota is a, a pretty decent offense. I don't think I'll be taking any chances on Manning first start off the IL. All right. I think this is one of the biggest question marks today is Chris Archer. <laughs> they have definitely limited his innings. Um, I mean, he's had some games where he was pitching well, and it doesn't seem like he's going to go more than five innings in a start. He seems like he's capped around 80 to 90 pitches. He's 6,700, and he's facing Detroit. Um, I mean, we're at, we're at the point, Keith, where we're we're looking at any pitcher against Detroit at this point. Um, and, and I made this joke on the podcast yesterday, but Aaron Sanchez, Aaron Sanchez struck out eight against Detroit. <laughs> like, I, I jokingly said, let's look at his strikeout prop. But, I mean, at this point, like, the walks are concerning, but they don't walk. They strike out a ton. They have no power. The biggest concern is like, is five innings like a hard cap for him? And it seems that way. I mean, he hasn't thrown more than five innings in a game this season. So at 6,700, is that enough? I mean, it was enough for Aaron Sanchez. What are your thoughts here on Chris Archer? Yeah. I mean, I think you can play anyone against Detroit, especially when they're 6,700. They like, their numbers are just atrocious. They strike out a ton. There's no power there. They don't walk. Like you mentioned, it is, it's just like the Holy grail of matchups. Um, the problem is Chris Archer is not very good. Um, the, like you mentioned the, the walks, he's walking too many guys. Strikeouts are, they're not where they were as for him as his career, but there's, there's some strikeout ability still there. And against Detroit that that's definitely highlighted and, and he's helped out by this matchup. He's not going to go past five, I don't think. Um, yeah, eighty pitches is is the max, but Detroit Detroit is awful, so I don't know. It's it's the Strider and Javier Price that have me wondering whether it's necessary on this slate. On a different slate, I think Archer would be a, a great play. I just I don't know if he has the upside to kind of compete with those guys that are just a couple thousand more. But both of those are guys are really underpriced, and I'm not sure that we need Archer on this slate. But I, I agree. I mean, it's a phenomenal spot for him. I mean, okay, so he has an 18% K rate on the on the season. And just to kind of like com compare him, like Aaron Sanchez, I think he was at like my 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 fangrass page froze. Um 
Hold on. I'll get him for you. Aaron Sanchez at 11% on the season. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I am I, I think I'm legitly at the point where I am willing to play any pitcher against this. And like, okay, to be fair, Sanchez and Scoble had the best, one of the best pitchers umpires behind the plate in Culpa um on Monday. So a little different, but I mean I don't know. I, I think it's going to be ownership. If Archer's low owned, maybe I play him on one of my three teams. If he's not, if he's going to be popular, I think it's an easy just stay away spot and hope he puts up like 15. But is 15 enough at 6,700? I mean, that's the second question. I mean, it's a 14 game slate. Probably not. So, but you never know. Um, uh, And I like if Javi Baez is, I, I'm, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to take this contract, but. If he's moved too, I mean, they just really have no power in this lineup. So, uh, any interest in the Detroit Bats? Um, definitely not stacking them. There's not either. I can't even find five hitters um, that I want to play. Riley Green is is really the only one. Javi Baez is fine, um, but yeah, just not enough talent outside of those two guys. Baez is under contract till twenty seven. Yeah, I think yeah, they gave him a six year deal. Six That's... year one forty. Um no one's gonna want that deal, man. No one. I mean, he can opt out after next year, but yeah. Anyway. Um, I don't have any interest in Detroit. I mean, Minnesota, assuming that Buxton's back in the lineup today, they it sounded like it was just kind of a day off thing. Um so I mean, definitely have a little bit of interest in Buxton, Correa, Polanco. Um. Yeah, I mean Kepler is out, so we could get maybe a cheaper batter too. Garlic. Um, I think he got banged up too, didn't he? Like, didn't he leave Monday's game? Him and um, and Kurloff. Both of those guys are banged up right now. So like, we could get some really cheap bats here to make this Minnesota stack like, um, kind of work out. So we'll see what happens. Nick Gordon probably cracks the lineup, but and he's almost minimum price twenty one hundred. I, I could see them uh, putting him in. He has some stolen base upside too. Yep. Um. Yeah. I'm. I don't know what, what to do with Manning. I think he's a good prospect. Um. But like I said, he just really hasn't figured it out yet. So I'm. I'm fine playing some Minnesota here. I do like Buxton a, a lot. Um, Correa's got a decent price. Don't mind Polanco in her eyes. We'll see who else. What what the rest of the lineup looks like. Um, I think Gordon will probably be in there. Miranda, um, we'll just have to see. But yeah, I I have some interest. I think Manning is is decent, but just not not quite there yet. So totally fine with some Minnesota bats there. All right, we got Cubbies at St. Louis taking on the Cardinals. Eight total in this game. Cardinals a one seventy favorite. Thompson against Wainwright. St. Louis is a team that's buying right now for sure. Um, I mean, I don't see Soto going there, but it wouldn't necessarily shock me if it happened. Um, I mean, if you're St. Louis, even if you're getting him for like a year and a half, like I'm giving up whatever it takes. Um, anyway, any interest here in Keegan Thompson against St. Louis? 6,500 is having me think about it. Um, the problem is St. Louis doesn't strike out a ton. Um I think I would rather play Archer, which is weird to say, uh, because I do like Thompson. I think the stuff is good, and he's flashed some strikeout upside here recently. 
Um, really tough on lefties with that cutter he's kind of developed um, as the year has went on. I think he's a good pitcher, um, at, and a good pitcher at 6,500 is is interesting. I just I'm worried about this matchup against St. Louis. I'm not sure that it's the slate uh, to take some shots on him. So I'll probably pass in this one. Um, but I I did want did have to dig into it. it. It's him or Archer if you're if you're kind of going down into this range. And I think I lean Archer just for the the matchup that Archer has. Wainwright on the other side of this game. I mean, the Cubs are a beatable offense. Um, he's 7,500 is a really fair price for Adam Wainwright. Um, I think he's playable today. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, the thing I, I worry with him is the strikeout upside. Um, he did just strike out eight against Toronto, which I mean, I don't know where that came from. Um, so it's in there somewhere. He's got that the good curveball still. He can miss bats at times. I like the price at seventy five hundred. He's got a pretty decent leash, uh, so I I don't hate it. It's like it's again just kind of a lower upside play on a slate where I think there's a, a ton of upside. So I probably won't have any just because I'm I'm going to jam in as much Strider, Javier, uh, and the top end guys that I can. I mean, to be fair, you know the Cubs are a top ten strikeout team against right handed pitching, so like that helps a little bit with the upside. Yep. And at the end of the day, he is 7,500. I, I do want to make a point here, too. They're like, Wilson Contreras is not going to be on this Cubs team by the time this game starts. And more than likely, Ian Happ is not going to be on this time on this team. This is going to be an ugly offense that we're targeting pitchers against the entire second half of the season. Um, it starts tomorrow, so or today, rather. Um, just wanted to get that. This, this Cubs lineup is going to be atrocious by the time this game starts. I have no interest in the Cubs bats. Like you said, I think this lineup's going to be kind of rough here. Yeah. I mean, Suzuki at 4,300, I, I like wisdom. He might get traded too, honestly. Um, but 3,900 <laughs> for him, big power. Like the Cubs are, everyone's available except for Suzuki, I would say. Um, we'll see. We'll see how many end up making it to. Uh, the first pitch here in this game. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Suzuki at 4,300. I like, but Wainwright is a good control guy. I don't want to full stack him, but I think he'll, he can give up a home run or two. Other side, um, the St. Louis bats. I mean, Keegan Thompson has been semi reverse splits this season. Um, yep. Definitely given up a lot more home runs and power to right-handed hitters. He has actually been a lot worse on the road this year than he has been at home. Uh, more hard hits and more fly balls to righties as well. So, I mean, I don't mind looking at some of these St. Louis bats. The, the only thing is, like, you're stacking them because they're just so expensive. Like, the guys you want to play, Arenado and Goldschmidt, are expensive. And then the rest of the team is super cheap. So, I, I think you're you're potentially, like, three or four man or even full on stacking them here. Um, I don't mind St. Louis in this spot though, t with Thompson's reverse splits and all these righties in this lineup. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I could see this going either way. I could see him having a really good game here, or I could see him giving up a couple of home runs to Goldschmidt or something like that. Um, I, I don't know that I want to stack them just because I don't love like the Carlson, Edmund, Donovan. The good thing is all those guys are cheap. Um, I do like Paul DeYoung at, at 3K flat. I um, think that's a really nice price on him. Uh, he's hit really well since he's been recalled. 
I, I like Goldschmidt a lot in this spot. I don't mind Arenado. Don't love the pricing on him, but I don't know about the rest of these guys. Um, I don't know. The full stack is fine, but I think it'd be more of a three-man for me. Are you okay as a Cubs fan if they fire sale here? Yeah, I mean, well, Contreras is going to be a free agent, so they they definitely need to trade him. They're going to trade all their relievers that are on expiring contracts like Robertson, um, Givens. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they already kind of signaled that with what they did last year at the deadline. They, they might as well just tear the whole thing down. But we'll see. Hopefully they spend some money. I don't, I don't mind if they trade half. They've got some some good outfield prospects coming up soon. Um, Contreras is a free agent, so I don't mind that either. Um, the, the thing I, I will be upset about as a fan is if they're not huge players in the, the free agency at the end of the season. And the same way with the Red Sox. Like, the Red Sox are still technically, like, in it. Um, the AL East is like so strong, but like, I mean, they're only like five games out of a wild card spot right now. So I'm like, I don't know how I feel. Um, I mean, how they've been playing recently, it's like just fire sale, <laughs> but I mean, you look at the town and you're like, man, they could make a run. Um, if they got maybe one or two more pieces, it's just with them moving Vasquez, I feel like the sales are going to be coming for the Red Sox. It's just. Well, like I, I totally understand the Vasquez trade, and I thought that was a good move. But then, why did they go add Tommy Pham? I don't know. <laughs> some like, some stuff doesn't make sense, man. Like <laughs> JD Martinez is a free agent at the end of the year. Like, do you move him? I do. I mean, he's not healthy. Does anybody want him for like a playoff run? Even if you get next to nothing back for him, I think I'm okay with moving him. Just because, like, give me like a. A, a bullpen prospect or something. Um, JD's 34. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Like even eat the contract money just to move, like just to make the deal happen. I don't know. I think he's one that I'd move, but yeah, I think that with his advanced age, you're not sure that you like even want to resign him, honestly, um, unless he's coming on a cheap deal, but you look at what like Minnesota did with Nelson Cruz, like flipping him for, for Joe Ryan. Like that's a piece that sticks with you. Um, I think JD Martinez, you could trade him and he'd be willing to resign if if they did want him back. See, I would I would love that deal. Make that happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> go get that. But I mean, Devers contracts up um, I think next year, 2024. Like yeah, he's the guy got, that got to extend. You got to you got to re, you got to resign him, man. Like as a Red Sox fan, I will be so disappointed if they don't like give him a big deal. And like um I and I did read earlier today that like at the end of the year, Xander Bogarts could opt out of the contract. Yeah. Um, so that that'll I, be the interesting one. I think they'd certainly resign Devers. Um, he's just too good to let walk. It's Bogarts that. But he's making twenty million dollars a year, dude. Do you really think someone's gonna at, at twenty nine years old? He's gonna be out, be able to go out and get another twenty yeah. million dollar a year contract? I don't think so. Yeah, I think he, I think he's twenty five to thirty. I, we'll see, and it'll be five or six years too i think all right well but i devers man you pay that dude go yeah, when yeah, david ortiz is like you gotta pay this dude you gotta listen to poppy <laughs> i agree with him all right back on track here listen it's it's trade deadline day you knew this podcast was gonna go off rails <laughs> at some point but keeping up with all the baseball moves is always fun too baltimore at texas this game just makes me shiver a little bit um the John Gray thing, man. Uh, especially like after Mancini got moved too, I was like, yes, yep. and that didn't work. 
All right, Jordan Lyles going up against Howard. Eight and a half total here. Rangers a slight favorite at 125. Any interest here in Jordan Lyles? I don't think so. Texas isn't an offense that scares me, but we just we talked about the spot archers and um he's cheaper. I don't think you need to mess around with Lyles. I'm Wainwright at 7,500 too. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think it comes down to. Um, I, I don't even like Howard in the other side of this game, 5,800. It wouldn't shock me if Howard went out and had a good game because he does have the talent. It's just, he really hasn't put together a game. Um, I mean, he did against the angels last time out, but that's not saying much at this point with that angels lineup. So yeah, that, that angels lineup had like a 31% strikeout rate that day. I remember yeah, it was just, rough, <laughs> just <man>. nuts. <laughs> Uh, do you have any interest here in Howard? I don't think so. Um, just not the slate to chase the pitching down here. I don't think there's there's too much upside elsewhere. And I think they're going to be able to throw enough lefties at him. Like, what is it, five or six lefties in this lineup? He has just been awful against lefties. So I think this is a pass spot. Um, Baltimore bats. I mean, they're pricey. Like, I Look like Rutschman. Yeah. I like Rutschman, and I like Mullins a lot. It's just the prices are just so high um, that it's tough, man. You're going to have to play like Odor to kind of offset the price a little bit. And like, okay, that little three man's not the worst, um, but I love this spot for Mullins um, and Rutschman at catcher if you want to pay up. Yeah, I, I like both of them. Um, it's just I don't like the price on them. The price, man. It's, yeah, it's tough, but Baltimore's been playing really well. Another team with a, a ton of young talent and a lot more coming. Their their farm system's really good too. So be be really interesting to see them get back to competitive. But I don't think I'm playing a ton of them. Uh I the Mullins and Rutschman two man, I'm totally fine with. I guess Odor, if you want to make it a three man, Santander is, is fine as well. Um yeah, not not a ton of interest, but it's just because of the pricing. I, I do think they're in great spots. So, yeah, I, I think, man, Texas is in a pretty good spot here against Lyles, too. He really struggles with lefties. This is an amazing spot for Seager. You can run that, like, little three-man right there at the top with Seager, Heim, and Lowe. Um, you know, you got to pay up a little bit for for Seager, but the other two pieces of that, Lowe is 3,200, and Heim is 4,200. So, I mean, kind of a, a mid-range uh, three-man stack here. Yeah, I'm I'm totally on board with that. Um, Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran are are super cheap too. If you want to make it a full stack, I'm not sure if that has the upside for this full slate, um, but it, it's certainly cheap if you want to do that. It, I mean, the Duran Smith paired with the three that you got that's that's a pretty affordable stack, even with Seager being in there at five thousand. But absolutely love Seager. Um, plenty of interest in the other lefties too. Who do you think won trade deadline on Monday? so far i think it had to be the yankees getting montas no yeah yep i i do i think that was a good trade i mean um, uh, uh, like Houston, san diego filled too. Some, some nice holes uh yeah we'll see i don't think san diego's done yet either they're not tatis is getting close to like San Diego is definitely setting up to make a little bit of a run um, in the playoffs. And I mean, they're in a good spot too. There are a few games up on the, like the, the second wild card spot. Um, I mean, they're probably not catching the Dodgers, but I mean, they're in a position to make the playoffs and adding that, um, adding that piece with Hater and getting Tatis back is huge. Um, so we'll see. 
Yep, definitely. I think they're going to add an outfielder too. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where Ian Happ ends up. Wouldn't shock me. Yeah. What were you going to say about the Cardinals? Um, I think you card- said they they were just uh, they added pieces that were good. Houston is who I said. Houston. Oh, Houston. I, yeah. yeah, getting Vasquez as a at catcher, I think, is a huge upgrade to the offense. Mancini, uh, and then Mancini, yeah. yeah, Mancini over Gurriel, I think, is a nice upgrade as well. All right. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be fun catching up with or paying attention to all the news tomorrow. Um, yep. For sure. All right. Kansas City at Chicago taking on the White Sox eight and a half total in this game. The White Sox are a 175 favorite. Brad Keller going up against Lucas Giolito. Keller got scratched on Monday. And I mean, it just sounded like they wanted Lich to come back and pitch. And like it was kind of like rehab like time. So what are your thoughts here with Keller at 7K? don't have a ton of interest um another upside problem here um just not a huge k rate those white Sox lineup is starting to come around a little bit um did, did lose Luis robert again so that's not helpful but eloy jimenez is back now um you've got grandal back in there mancada is finally starting to hit a little bit so i'm not playing him in on the slate no interest for me in keller Lucas Giolito is 6,800 going up against the Royals. Something has just not clicked with him recently. And I just don't know if it was the matchups. Like he had two matchups against Cleveland. He had to go into cores. He had a matchup against San Francisco. Is Lucas Giolito just too cheap for a matchup here against Kansas City? I just, I'm worried that he's just broken kind of. Um, they, they were tougher matchups. You're right about that, but. Like he has, he's struggled here for for quite some time. Um, giving up runs, strikeouts are down, walks are way up. Um, yeah, I mean he is cheap. He's too cheap for his talent level. Kansas City doesn't strike out a ton. I think he's in the conversation because he he is a better pitcher than sixty eight hundred. Um, no matter what matchup he's in, honestly, just I don't love that Kansas City doesn't strike out much, and Giolito isn't isn't going super deep either is the other thing. Like they're, they're kind of limiting him at times. It seems like he's, he's in that 95 range more than he's in the one Oh five range. Hi. Yeah. Um, I mean, slight interest for me, man. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Like the price is just too good. I think for this matchup, you know, you look at Bobby Wood jr. Has been banged up. We don't know if he's going to be back here and I mean, the lineup that they rolled out yesterday, yeah, Salvador Perez is back, but still a lineup with a lot of strikeouts. So I don't love the idea of playing Giolito here, but I love the price tag for the upside that he has. If all of it clicks, like, right, like at the end of the day, like if everything clicks for Giolito and he he shows up today, the dude can put up 30 plus. So. Yeah, it, it's definitely in there somewhere, but it's kind of like Gaussman, um, like just inconsistent here recently and something is off mechanically or something like that yep. but yeah the price tag is is very attractive um he's in play all right bats anything here on the kansas city side just because of uh, the way that giolito has been struggling i do have some interest i think sal perez is a couple hundred dollars under price from where he should be i like melendez in this spot giolito is has always been reverse splits so i do prefer the righties um, but Melendez filling a catcher spot would be fine. Um, 
yeah, I mean, really Dozier would be the only other one just because of 2,700. But Sal Perez and, and Dozier are the two that I'll have a little bit of looking for a home run there. Vinny, man, um, 2,100 batting fourth for Kansas City just continues to be too cheap. A um, little bit of power upside, just too cheap overall. Don't know if I play him today. Because on a 14-game slate, are you giving up too much opportunity at first base by punting first base? Um, it's tough to say. White Sox, bats. I mean, I don't mind the White Sox here. It's just they have been the hardest team this year to figure out. You look at the talent, Keith, and it's like, it's amazing. They should crush. And they just don't. Yeah, it's it's frustrating for them. Like just going into this year, I thought they were legitimate contenders. So very disappointing season for them. Be interesting to see what they do. They they can't bring Tony Larusa back, right? Like he's <laughs> he's got to go. He's got to <laughs> go, man. They need yeah. to do something. Like if you're a White Sox fan, you're like, man, we have the talent. Why aren't we doing anything? You know, kind of yeah. thing. So yeah, this yeah the matchup against Keller, I don't I don't love it. Um, if they were cheaper, I would have more interest. Uh, Eloy is still still a little bit underpriced, but Mancada's price has caught up. Abreu's up there. Um, I don't hate it. I wouldn't talk anybody off of it, but just don't love the pricing. Keller is decent. He can he can have a decent outing here. So I don't think I'll play a ton of White Sox. I think that's kind of where I'm at too. Boston at Houston, Crawford against Javier. In this one, eight total. Astros a 225 favorite here. No love for Cutter Crawford at all. Um, any interest in him here at 6,100? No, tough matchup against Houston. Uh, just not a team I like to pick on. I think there, there are a couple other 6K options that you can look to. I won't have any Crawford. I mean, this guy continues to be really good against righties and just needs that like out pitch against lefties. Like he tries to use the cutter and he generates strikeouts with the cutter, but he still at the end of the day gives up way too much power to lefties. And he's kind of been very short leashed lately. He got into a little bit of trouble against Cleveland last time out and they were very fast to yank him. So in certain matchups, I don't mind cutter Crawford. I just don't think this is one of them. Uh, Christian Javier, 8,700. Like, this dude is very capable of putting up big games, but 8,700 for a pitcher that has really just kind of struggled here recently. What are your thoughts on him? I like him here a lot. Um, no Devers on the other side for Boston, watered down Boston lineup. And it's the strikeout rate that I'm chasing for Javier. Um, just kind of like Strider. I don't really care about the matchup. I think the, the strikeout stuff is real 33% on the season. Um, 8,700, a little bit too cheap for this, this matchup against Boston with, I mean, without Devers, that's a, that's a huge deal. So plenty of talent normally in the Boston lineup, um, story on the IL too still. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely love Christian Javier in the spot. I mean, Kiki Hernandez out rough, Snyder out. Like, I mean, it's a very watered down Boston lineup and I mean, very similar type of pitcher to Garcia, who the Red Sox touched up a little bit on Monday. Javier has ceiling. He's in play. My only concern is like Verdugo, Duran, Arroyo. Like these guys are massive ground ball guys, even like Xander Bogarts. And 
Javier is a big fly ball pitcher, so it, it's it's worrisome, worrisome with his hard hits and his fly ball rates. But I mean, the strikeout upside is there, so for that reason, you have to have some interest. Um, as far as the Boston bats go, I mean, at the end of the day, Verdugo's thirty two hundred, Duran is three K. I don't mind chasing a home run with these massive um, ground ball type of guys getting a big fly ball pitcher here. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. Duran leading more than likely leading off for three K is is attractive. Um Verdugo's fine at thirty two hundred. Probably not looking to stack against Javier because of that big strikeout rate, but he, he does walk a few guys. Um wouldn't try to talk you off of it, but just probably probably more of a, a mini stack or, or one offs for me. It'd be one offs for me. It'd just be yeah. hey, I need to save some salary. Um let me just go in and plug in one of these guys like Verdugo and Duran and just be like, all right, well, we'll see what happens. So Duran, like you wouldn't think of him as like this big power guy. Um, so maybe it's Verdugo, but man, Mookie Betts to Ver- Verdugo. We're man. What a good move that was. Anyway, comment Houston. Um, any interest in the Houston bats here? Um, always interested in Alvarez and Tucker. Um, Tucker's price is is down to forty five hundred. I do like that that quite a bit. Um, I don't know about the full stack just because it's it's pretty pricey. Um, to get Altuve and Pena in there would be tough. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing. Like it doesn't look like Mancini's available yet. I don't know if DK or any of the sites end up adding them um or if he even cracks the lineup i'm not sure if it'll be available um but yeah alvarez and tucker are the main two i'm looking at here and i know it like as a red sox fan i know the deal is more to get david price's contract off the books and i get that but gosh oakland at la taking on the angels Irvin against Syndergaard. I, I just don't have anything else to say like it, it's just not a deal that i love uh, seven total in this game. The Angels a slight one twenty favorite. Um, talk about a team with bad offenses, man. <laughs> like with Trout out, with Rendon out, like these are two of the worst offenses in baseball right now. Um, Cole Irvin seventy six hundred. Do we do we actually like have some interest in Irvin against the Angels here? I don't think so. I'd rather play Wainwright. I think um though as we went through this slate there's a lot more options in the the six seven k range than i thought i don't i don't know that i'll mess with archer um and Irvin is kind of like that too i just i don't know if like i know the angels strike out a ton um i I need to dig into their splits i think they've been a little bit against lefties um even though otani is one of the but is their best hitter and hits left-handed but the the other guys in the lineup, I'm pretty sure, are stronger against lefties. So I need to dig into that a little bit. Not not a ton of interest in Irvin just because I, I don't love the the strikeout upside. They are top five in strikeouts at 24.5%. They're bottom five in WRC+, plus, bottom five in WOBA, bottom five in ISO against left-handed pitching this season. All right. And, I mean, some of the season they had Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. So, yeah. um they have 25 home runs against left-handed pitching this season, which is, I think, fifth or sixth worse. So, I think if Cole Irvin's like 5% projected ownership-wise, I think you have to have interest in him. Depending on the lineup. But, I mean... Like, okay. Just to, just to quickly, like, skip ahead just for a second. 
outside of Taylor Ward, who are really going to have interest in Angels bats? Yeah, there there isn't any. I, it's um, just it's, this lineup's so bad, man. Like Cole Irvin's not a bad pitcher either. He's just on the wrong team. Like he's actually having a really decent season. He's just on the wrong yeah. team. He would it wouldn't shock me if he gets moved. But he's probably on a really, really like entry level contract, right? Um, yeah, I don't even think he's arbitration eligible yet. He doesn't have no, he's not. He's not. So I mean, he's getting paid seven hundred k a year. They're not letting this guy go. <laughs> Hang on to this guy. All right, Noah Syndergaard on the other side of this game, seven k, getting you know one of the best matchups in baseball going up against Oakland. I think I'd rather play Irvin, but I think Syndergaard's in play here. Yes, I have slight slight preference for Syndergaard over over Irvin. I think. Um, is it weird is... that I think I like both of these guys more than um, Wainwright? See, you haven't seen that Cubs lineup yet. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> you know, we talked about we talked about Burns, and we haven't got the Darvish yet. We talked about Gaussman, but this is definitely a day where you can kind of get Burns and pay down for your SP two because there's a lot of options. I could even see building like two of these mid-tier guys and getting like a really nice like Yankee stack or something today. I definitely think you could start with one of the 8K guys in Strider or Javier. That gives you the massive upside just to hang with Burns just in case he puts up a pretty good game. And then you can go down to this this 7K range, Syndergaard or Irvin, Wainwright, whichever one is your preference. I I totally think that that build is in play on this slate. The flip side um, to that too is you could go Strider Burns and try to get like 60, 65 points. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> which which is probably the way I'll lean a little bit more. Yeah, um, me too. I'm I'm such a sucker for big strikeout pitchers. I am. Yeah, me too. All right, give me your thoughts on Syndergaard since I interrupted you like six times now. It, it's just it's the price and the matchup is really really all it is. He has been a little bit better here recently. The strikeouts have have come alive a little bit um still not a huge strikeout pitcher he's like if you get seven or eight out of him that's a really good outing um but he's facing one of the the worst offenses in baseball so absolutely in play at this the 7k price tag all right oakland bats uh the braves just traded for jake odorizzi what is that huh (laughs) yeah what why do they need him I don't know. That bullpen one arm, maybe. It. Maybe they're gonna use him. The they traded. They traded a bullpen arm to get. They traded Will Smith to get him. That trade is just bizarre. I don't understand. All right, sorry. Where were we? Um, Oakland bats. Yeah, this is weird. Um, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, me either. I, I, I knew that. Odorizzi might get moved because McCullers is coming back, but I just I didn't see the Braves going out and getting him. Yeah, I mean, you never know. They could use them in the bullpen. Yeah, maybe. All right. Um, it's not bad ever having like a veteran pitcher either, I guess. Any interest in the Oakland bats here? We totally, I mean, we knew, we talked about it pre-show. We knew this podcast was going to get sidetracked at least five <laughs> times. So yeah. um, any interest in Oakland here? No, just not enough. Not enough talent here. Syndergaard does a pretty good job keeping the ball on the ground. Um, Seth Brown as a one-off would be about my only interest. Yeah, on the Angels side, I mean Taylor Ward. 
at 3,800 is a fantastic price, but even him, like with Trout out of the lineup, just the protection goes down. Otani, lefty lefty. I mean, Otani can hit a home run off of anybody, but overall, I mean, I just, the Angels, this is why I have interest in Irvin because this lineup is just not good. Yeah, I mean, I, Stassi is okay against lefties. I don't mind him as a, a cheaper. But it catcher, might be Suzuki. But... It might not even be Stassi. Yeah, it, it could be. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't have a ton of interest here either. Um, don't mind Ward, Stassi, whoever's in there at catcher. All right, Dodgers and Giants. Anderson and Alex Wood facing off in this one. This one has an eight total. Dodgers a one forty-five favorite. Any interest here in Tyler Anderson? Tyler Anderson has had a phenomenal season, but really we've has. talked about yeah, we've talked about a ton of upside in the seven K range. Um, that I think there are five or six guys that could match Anderson's upside for a couple couple grand cheaper. So I just don't think that we need Anderson at eighty nine hundred. Um, San Francisco is going to platoon a bunch, send up a ton of righties against him that probably. Um, so eighty nine hundred just a little bit too much. Dean Dean told me I was crazy for having interest in Heaney, and he has seven strikeouts in four innings. <laughs> suck it, suck it, rat stash. <laughs> um, anyone that doesn't know, me and Dean are friends. Um, and I'm just kidding, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the upside strikeout upside is just not there for Anderson here. Like Heaney actually has big time strikeout ability, where Anderson's just going to go out and throw good games. And I mean Alex Wood on the same kind of wavelength. Like Alex Wood is a really good real life pitcher. DFS-wise, we hardly ever play this guy. We hardly ever stack against this guy, though. Um, I don't want to play Alex Wood against the Dodgers here. Yeah, same. I, I don't have any interest. Uh, any interest in the Dodgers bats? You can always play Dodgers. Um, They're so expensive. Again, yeah, expensive. Um, worse against lefties than they are against righties. Obviously, Bats and Will Smith. Trey Turner all still very much in play. Um, but e- even if you do those three, all three of them are, are over the Turner and Betts are almost six K Will Smith is 5,300. So that's a lot of salary to allocate. Um, probably just I'll play them as one offs more than I, I'll do the stack just because it's so expensive. Yeah. And I mean, even going with a guy like Trace Thompson at three K as soon as a righty comes in, does he get pinch hit for, um, cause they have, they called up Outman, right? He yep. got called up. So like, as soon as a righty comes in, like Thompson's probably out for um, James Altman. So yep. don't think I can do it here. Um, Justin Turner is banged up. Don't know what that necessarily means. Um, maybe Lamb plays in a lefty-lefty, and he's not a great lefty-lefty um, type of guy. So, But I don't see them having many more options active right now. So, Alberto maybe? Yeah, um, I think that's that's who will play third, I think. Yeah, Alberto. He used to be really good against lefties, but again, as soon as righty comes in, he's probably getting pinch hit for. So, um, any interest in the Giants bats here? Uh, no. I mean, Anderson has has been too good. They they have more pinch hit risk than I uh, don't want to take a chance on on, on a big slate. Um, tough matchup against Anderson. Tough park too. We finished it out with. The Rockies and Padres, no total in this game. Urena against you, Darvish. Um, wasn't I was kind of shocked by not having a line out for this game, but there's not. Um, any interest here in Jose Arena? Nope. No strikeouts, too many walks. 
Yeah. We're going to talk about the San Diego bats in a second. Yep. Uh, you Darvish, you know, I ended up playing Clevenger on two of my three teams on Monday and it's kind of working out. I mean, at this point, I just need him to outscore John Gray. Um, it's not going to be well, that, that hard. shouldn't be tough. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think you Darvish is a guy that maybe flies under the radar today just because we have so many pitching options and like Darvish has thrown seven innings um, in four straight games and five of his last seven and eight of his last 10. I mean, this guy has a huge leash. He has strikeout upside. Like we should be playing you Darvish some today. I absolutely agree with you. Um, Colorado outside of Coors and Darvish, like you just ran off some, some of his recent starts here. Um, I was noticing that too. And I went and dug in over his last six starts, his strikeout rate has been over 33%. So while his strikeout rate doesn't look great on the season, um, he definitely struggled for a while there. The strikeout stuff is absolutely back. And when, when Darvish has his stuff, he's one of the best strikeout pitchers in baseball. So I agree with you. He's expensive, but he's absolutely been worth it here um, over his last six starts, at least like the strikeouts the have, have come back. Yeah, Just and, and he's, he's going to go out there and give you seven innings more than likely too. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a massive slate, right? It, you know, so we need guys with a big leash, but it's weird because I was looking into Darvish, um, his last start against Detroit, just because, I mean, it was Detroit, and it was like nothing's really changed from beginning of the year to now. Um, the command has been a little bit better, and that's just all he needed, I guess. Um, Velocities around the same pitches that he was throwing. He's still throwing around the same percentages. Um, I mean, just when that cutter is working, man, it's working. <laughs> and it's working right now, so... I love you, Darvish. I have no interest in the Rockies bats here, especially like Chris Bryant, IL um, Monday. Like that just takes out another good bat in this lineup. Like I love Darvish. Don't like the Rockies at all. Yep. I'm with you. And I like his chances to win this game. Uh, I mean, this is a great spot for the Padres bats. Like late night hammer with the pitcher and bats. Like Urena stinks. He walks a ton of guys like, this lineup isn't like the most amazing thing ever, but I mean, Will Myers came back yesterday. Um, he's 2,800. So he's going to be in that like four or five slot with Voight, Cronenworth, Machado, Profar. Lineup starting to look a little bit better here for San Diego. Yeah, I, I like this spot for them a ton. Um, and outside of Machado, they're pretty cheap too. Um, really like the price on, on Voight and Myers, like you mentioned. Um, we'll see. Who ends up out there? Grisham will probably be out there. He's 3,200. Uh, Kim has had a pretty decent year at, at shortstop, 3,500. And Profar is the one that's, who's been hitting pretty well here here recently. Um, yeah, great great matchup against a bad starting pitcher and a really bad bullpen, too. That's the other thing with Colorado is uh, their bullpen is is one of the worst. Yep. So They're better on the road. <laughs> 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 All right, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts here. Uh, who do you like to get some strikeouts under 8K today? There's plenty of options. Yeah, there are a, quite a few options. Um, I'm going to go Cindergarden. I like it. I'm going to go to that same game and go with my boy Cole Irvin. Over 8K to score under 15. Who is your bust today? Um, Tough spot for Logan Gilbert. Love the pitcher, but going into Yankee Stadium, not an easy assignment. Um, give me Logan Gilbert. 
Yeah. Um, listen, I I like this guy. I grew up playing baseball with this guy, but I'm gonna say Jacob Degrom today as my bust. Um, it's tough for me to play my hometown buddy. Um, in this one, so over 4K to hit a home run. Who do you got to go yard today? Give me Sal Perez again. He. He went yard Monday. Uh, Giolito, fly ball, lots of hard contact here recently. I'll take Sal Perez. I mean, I'm going with the narrative of making a lot of money and taking Austin Riley to go yard today. Um, Love it. like that a lot. <laughs> give me a guy under 4K to get two hits. Um, give me Colton Wong. Oh, you took my guy. <laughs> I, I like mean, it. Wilson's awful against lefties. He's He's too cheap, so. I like it. I did not. What are the odds on a 14 game slate? Um, I did have another one written down. I'm going to go Luke Voigt at 3,700, and I hope one of those hits a home run. So uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. I'm sticking with Milwaukee. Um, Love these lefties here. Wilson's just been trash against lefties. Um, They've got three that I have a ton of interest, a cheap catcher that I can throw in there too. So I like, I like Milwaukee. The more I think about it, man, the more I just really love Atlanta today. I think they're going to be my top stack on the entire slate. So I'm going to go the Atlanta Braves bullpen type of game, but it's not like the bullpen's great for Philly. Um, journeyman, I just, we haven't seen Mark Appel really kind of transport into what he should. So like the Brewers a lot too. And San Diego. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, we'll see how this news unfolds. Um, <laughs> exciting time of the year as we see how the playoffs are going to kind of shake up. Who who adds the most pieces? Looks like Robbie Grossman just got moved too. So starting to see some news trickle in. It'll continue throughout the day, I'm sure. Do we think Do we think Candelario or Baez? I mean, if they could move Baez, I feel like they would do it. Like even if they have to maybe eat a little bit. Yeah, I think they would if they could. Um, I'm just not sure. Like he still has defensive value, but he's that contract looks real bad. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to move him yet. All right. That is going to wrap it up for Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking more baseball. If everyone has an awesome trade deadline Tuesday, good luck, and we'll see you then.